Talking travel for our sponsor, Travel on King, and Sally Lucas, who always has the best ideas of where to go and what to do, joins us. And I think we've got some ideas coming up in the United Kingdom. The good old, yes, home country, or whatever people like to call her these days. Some but, do. Uh, some <laughs> still do, don't they? And I mean, we are still are very well tied, I think, to the UK, and most of us love visiting the UK. So I just thought, why not talk about some of the things you can do sort of out of London more, some in, but some of the even as, as a day trip so that it's something you could do by day. I mean, obviously, if you want to go to these places and spend a bit longer, it's a bit nicer. But one little place, and we were going to talk about last week, Jane, and we ran out of time, but it was Ely. I think you told me it was a correct, correct pronunciation because it's spelt E-L-Y, and I wasn't sure if it was going to be Eli or it is Ely. Ellie or Ely. Or <laughs> it's an unusual name, isn't it? Do you wonder where that um, emanates from? That sort oh, Well, of you could ask that question about many names in the United Kingdom. Yes, well, at least it's not Welsh. I can pronounce it. Yes, very true. <laughs> um, but there is the most beautiful church there, and it, it's a Gothic church, and it's, uh, it's supposed to be, I believe, one of the largest of its kind in UK Europe. And it, just looking at the photo of it, it sort of takes over the whole town. It's so imposing. And I thought, what a wonderful thing to go up there and go up to East Cambridge, which is where this is. And apparently, again, even the city, it's a very historic city as well, as not just the cathedral is well worth visiting. So you could do it as a day visit, or you could also go up, as I said, if you were motoring, you could sort of spend a bit more time. You can hop on a train and get there quite easily. Um, I think from memory, when I looked it up, it's only about an hour and a half or so by train to, to get there there roughly um, and there's lots of other things you can do in Ely as well of course and being in that area of Cambridgeshire um, and you've got Newmarket not far away and you know the, even the, the Norfolk coast if you're going by car so lots of things you can do when you get there and apparently they've got these lovely traditional tea rooms and stunning gardens and of course the wonderful architecture so that alone is is you know enough to see in itself. Um, you can do guided tours obviously of the uh, cathedral which is 12th century by the way so it is a very old cathedral um, and you can do optional visits to do t the towers where if you want to climb you get a very worthwhile view over that whole area. Um, there's also a stained glass museum in the south triforium of the cathedral which has got apparently a stunning collection of stained glass as well. So, And then you've got Oliver Cromwell's house of course in this area as well, home to the Lord Protector. He lived in a house there with his family for 10 years and it's his only remaining home apart from Hampton Court Palace in London. You've also got a museum in Ely which is, um, covers the prehistoric times right through to the 20th century in a former jail. So you've got a lot of interesting things to do in and around Ely. Just one thing you can do out of London. So there's lots, as we all know, we often think about Cambridge and Oxford and, of course, Stonehenge, Salisbury Cathedral, which is where a copy of the Magna Carta is kept um, as well, which is an interesting thing to do. But if you're just in in London and you know you haven't got time even to go out at the moment I think it would be wonderful to visit is the um, John Constable exhibition and of course his paintings I don't know about you Jane but I just love those beautiful paintings of his they're very relaxing peaceful sort of paintings aren't they I think wonderful countryside and clouds oh yeah he, he does and um, apparently he, he first learnt to paint and draw as a gentlemanly pursuit and in 1795, he met uh, an amateur artist and collector, and apparently that proved to be a turning point, and um, it gave him access to major paintings by the old masters because he was a collector, so he got really fascinated by several great painters like Raphael, Rubens, etc. But, yes, I mean, his paintings, if anyone's ever seen any of his paintings,
ratings. I mean, I'm just looking at some of them here. One of them is a study of cirrus clouds. You just mentioning clouds. Another one is Salisbury Cathedral that we've just talked about, and it's framed by trees, and it's just looks sort of ethereal, doesn't it? It's uh, the way he paints. It's got this softness to it, which is beautiful. Now, this is on currently from, uh, started in September, and it goes through to the 11th of January at the Victoria and Albert Museum in London in Cromwell Road. So if you're in London, of course, between now and then, I would suggest that would be a very worthwhile exhibition to go to because obviously, you know, he's just 1804. I mean, he he did a portrait of himself here, which is wonderful as well. He, he looks probably a little bit effeminate, I'd say, in, in looks, but it's a lovely... You think of him more as doing these wonderful rural style of... Port, you know, not portraits, landscapes, but, of course, he's done a self-portrait as well. So I'm sure it'll be a very interesting exhibition if you've got the chance whilst you're over in London to do that. So, yes, things to do out of London. There's always heaps. If you go onto the London Visitors Bureau information, you'll find, you know, lots of information on there. You know, when there's special events, you know, what sort of rail pass you might need to buy or an Oyster card to get around London... Um, they're very informative and give you lots of good information. So that's just a couple of the things you can do. To NURFM, it's 20 past one. We're talking travel, Sally Lucas and I, for our sponsor, Travel on King. And the UK's got such a lot to offer, Sally. It does. And I guess if there was a competition, each of these... Uh, cities or villages we're talking about that have got wonderful cathedrals would say theirs is the best and the most beautiful but I think they all are and that's that's one of the things. So Exeter is one of the oldest and Cathedral is one of the oldest and most beautiful in England as well and it's been on the present site for nearly a thousand years so the towers of today's cathedral date from the early 12th century and they form the majority of what remains of the Norman Cathedral which was um, replaced from 1270 to 1340 by the, again, this Gothic building that, that's there today and it's got a, apparently quite a famous west front an elegant nave and of course it's a rich resource again of art and craft and symbolism and you were saying a minute ago Jane like there's a little touch of architecture where there's a cat and a mouse you know so interesting little the sculptor's cat looking yeah, at a mouse, mouse. He gave it a mouse isn't that wonderful at? though it's, it's a little bit of their own personal you know attachments of the of the people who designed them, these churches which is just wonderful so they say the building in itself is a remarkable feat of engineering design and craftsmanship and it's got the longest stretch of unbroken gothic vaulting in the world so that is quite something again so we've been talking England today and things you can do so that's just another of those things you can do Um, and when we were talking about Constable Jane I forgot when I was reading through some of my information here that of course if you want to be going down to the Essex part of of England as well um, you've got an artist trail there that it's famous for where Constable did most of his paintings which you can explore um, by foot or by bike and it's called the Dedham, D-E-D-H-A-M, Dedham Vale, and it straddles the Essex and Suffolk border. And, um, yes, he did a lot of his paintings down there, and there's some lovely things, of course, you can do down in Essex as well. Some very pretty, pretty parts, you know, lovely patchwork of little market towns and, you know, villages and hamlets and country lanes and all that sort of thing, which, which is a really a lovely thing to do. So there's plenty of things you can do in the UK, that's for sure. Out in the country as well. Out in the country, exactly. And that's always a nice thing to do no matter where you are. I mm. think, and you're discussing that the other day, you know, with some clients, and the, one of the husbands said, "I just want to go somewhere where I can immerse myself in villages, where I can just walk to markets, live, look how they lived, and try and emulate that that lifestyle." You know, I don't want to do cities; I just 
want to immerse myself in villages. And I think that's a nice way to go, actually. Very nice. Talking about airlines, yes, Qantas. Well, we had the other day, as they were calling it, the once-in-a-century storm that tore through Sydney. But apparently it saw a Qantas crew make an incredibly difficult landing at Sydney Airport. Can you imagine landing a plane in that? Wow. I mean, my God. Anyway, apparently it was a flight from Melbourne. It was the last plane into Sydney Airport after circling for more than an hour. And um, so the the crew were uh, apparently lauded and applauded once they land. And there was an action photographer and storm chaser on board who spends 10 months of the year chasing and filming storms in surf, snow and etc. And he was on the flight. And um, he told the Sydney Morning Herald, there's an article in the Sydney Morning Herald about it, which I missed, but he told the paper that the landing drew rapturous applause. And he said he, he reckoned he's never experienced a, a storm like that in a plane in his entire life. And he said the aircraft was going up, down, sideways and everything else. But he said at all times, he said you could tell the pilot had it all under control and knew what he was doing. And I think it's just something to say. It's an accolade for Qantas. They are recognised as among the world's best airlines. And that's one thing. You know, they get knocked a lot, Qantas, which I think is a shame. It's still our own airline, and they still, we still do have very, very good pilots to cope with landing at, you know, with just at a plum, you know, and no problems, all done. So I thought that was just something that's nice to give a, an airliner, um, you know, a, a clap on the back. A, ba- yeah. a clap on the back. Um, and the other thing, too, was that... Um, uh, satisfaction rates for airlines, right, are interesting at the moment. So I was reading about that. Now, Emirates' satisfaction is 89%, but Qantas is still 86 Now, people might thought it was lower than that because the sort of comments they often get in the press. But I thought, you know, you look at some of the other airlines, like, like American United Airlines, only 49% satisfaction, American Airlines 45% and so on. So, you know, Qantas is still holding its own up there, and, of course, so is Emirates and lots of other airlines, Singapore Airlines and so on. But I was just thought I was mainly wanting to give Qantas a pat on the back today because I do think they do a good job. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. And we'll be back talking travel again next Friday afternoon after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM for our sponsor, Travel on King.